Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Happy Thursday and welcome here to another edition of Husker Online Headlines. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple. Uh, we're nearly through this 29-day month of February as we are inching closer to the start of spring practice. And we've got a great show on tap here for Husker Online Headlines. And let's get right to it, Steve Sipple. Out of the gates, let's welcome in uh, Nebraska's defensive coordinator, Tony White, as we get a wrap on uh, signing day, a preview of spring practice. Coach, first of all, thanks for joining us. Uh, I hope I hope you've been able to catch your breath here a little bit over the February dead period. Yeah, no, appreciate you guys for having me. It's uh it's a good it's a good time right now. We're we're really focusing on us and you know, I uh, uh we just broke from a third down meeting, so I'm I'm kind of upset right now. I'm just going to let you know I that I was not happy with the third down number, so let's go. Let's get it going. <laughs> you weren't happy with the third down numbers from last year? Nah, nah, I mean, we got to, you know, the whole mantra is the chasing 3, so we're 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 trying to break everything down and making sure that we we really look at things uh, critically, you know, and 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 go back to the drawing board and stuff and see how we can how we can be that much better, you know, three points better. And a lot of it is going to be the critical situations, you know. So first thing up is third down, and uh, you know, there's some things in there. I'm like, well, what, what was I thinking, you know? So uh, uh, yeah, that's what's putting me in a great mood right now. <laughs> well, Coach, you've had, you had quite a year one at Nebraska. Obviously, the the improvements your unit made are, are well documented, and a lot of people around the nation took notice. I mean, your name came up for some pretty high profile positions. We, we heard Matt Rule even talk about your alma mater, UCLA. They reached out to him um, uh, to, to talk to you about a, as a candidate. How did you manage just that attention and, and, and just some of the things that went on with your off season? Yeah, I mean it's 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 kind of unfair because you know anytime anytime some ha- some good happens right they, it, you know it, it's it's it was the name it was my name being thrown around but it was 100% the players and the assistant coaches i mean i didn't make one tackle i didn't i didn't make one interception i didn't do i didn't do anything you know i mean those those guys went out there and they played their butts off for nebraska you know they played their butts off for 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 this university for coach rule and then the, the assistant coaches, you know, being able to go in the room with those guys and being able to come up with the game plan. Um, and those guys, getting those guys, the the young men to buy in and, and play fast and really be what we want to be about. You know, again, those the, the that was the that was the true magic of it all. So I was very lucky and very fortunate for that that, you know, my name came up for some of those jobs and for the position. But um I only I only do that with if I can give credit where credit is due and that's to the players and that's to the assistant coaches and and that's coach rule. You know, I I can't I've never been in the situation where the head man just basically is like, "Hey man, I want to make sure that that we take advantage of this and do everything right and 
and and try to set you up to be in a position where you can be a head coach if that's what you want to do. And and I've never been around that before, you know. And so so I am I am beyond blessed and beyond lucky to be part of this this whole organization, represent the end, and be be able to give credit to the true people who deserve the credit. And that's guys like Nash, that's guys like Ty, Javen, Luke, Nick. I mean, Tommy Hill played his butt off. Isaac Gifford, I mean, Jamari Butler, uh, T. Knight, Coop, um, uh, Rob Dvorak. Those guys deserve the credit 100%, period. Tony, I know I know you don't want to talk about yourself. I, just let me ask one more question okay. along those lines. Um, has it always been a career goal of yours to lead a program? Has that all, it's not it's not the case with all assistant coaches I've talked to over the years. Is that the case with you? No, it, it's not. I mean, it, it it was not, you know, and I, I think when I first started, you just want to be a, you just want to be good at what you're doing. You know, what I mean, just be good at what you're doing. And then and then as you as you start to get more responsibility, you you kind of picture yourself like what if you were the head coach or it would be cool to be the head coach and then when I was at Arizona state and I was talking to Herm Edwards, you know, he kind of reinforced that, that thinking where, um, as he was growing up in his experiences, it was, it was told to him, you know what, if you just concentrate on you and you doing a good job for others, then those things will come, you know what I mean? But you can dream all you want to, if you don't do a good job where you're at, you're not going to get any of that stuff. So, uh, he reinforced that. And then being able to, to see the guys run around and the players have fun and, and, what success comes from that, you know, coming over here with Coach Rule and wanting to see from the ground up, you know, be around one of the best to ever do it, period. I mean, talk about have a formula to go into a place to completely just build a foundation where you can win, even when they're gone. Even if you notice, that's the great ones, right? When they're gone, they still win. Mm -hmm. That means that the that the the bare bones of it was was built the right way. And so to be able to come over here and watch it, then, you know, you have some success and it's kind of a deal where coach rule is like coach rule is really the one that's like, Hey, look, you know, you're going to be put in these situations. Let's, let's get you right. Let's get you ready for it. So that way, if you do continue to do a good job, then, then that may happen. So I just, I just want to focus. I, again, uh, the whole, the whole thing was cool. It was a great experience, you know, talking to all the schools and being in that situation. Cause now I kind of get a feel of what they're looking for and all stuff, but, Right now, all that stuff is over. You know, I don't I don't I'm not talking head coach. I'm not nothing like I am the worst defensive coordinator in the country right now. And that's the way we're approaching it. We're like, hey, we got to get three points better. And I'm not going to be doing that, patting myself on the back. You know, it's all about the guys, all about the making it easy for the for, for the players coming up here in the spring. And, and let's roll. Coach, last year obviously was your first year in the Big Ten Conference. What did you learn about this league and and how did you feel like your style and, and your scheme matched up in year one in the Big Ten Conference? Yeah, uh, you know, the the probably the noticeable noticeable difference is week in and week out the the fronts. You know, a lot of the leagues and places I've been, the 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 athletes on the perimeter have been very similar, you know, just dynamic. I mean, really good. You're talking about guys who are gonna be all pros and make tens of millions of dollars in the NFL. But I think the biggest difference is the fronts. You're seeing consistently Six five, six six, six seven, three hundred and twenty, thirty, forty pounds. Guys who can run the ball, guys who can play action. You, um, a really, really, really 
good coaches, good players up in the front. So um, I think the again, the I heard Coach Rule say this that the most important thing is is not necessarily what you do, but how you do it. You know, establishing the identity you want to play with, especially on the defensive side of the ball, right? You see teams winning with four three, three four, three three five. You know, through four two five. You, the the scheme. I think it takes a little backseat to to how you want to do things. You know, the standard you set. And the best thing about about being here and being around the other guys is that we all see things the same way. You know, you gotta you gotta be able to get off blocks. You gotta be able to run. You gotta have an attitude like it doesn't matter. I'm gonna get my butt to the ball and I'm gonna hit anything that moves. So. Uh, and the way we practice, uh, it's really conducive to that physicality. So it's fun. And uh, but again, when you get to this period of time, it is back to square one is back to zero. We ain't done any this last year's defense had all those numbers. This year's defense hasn't done squat. So that's the way we're approaching it. Tony, Tony, you sound hungry. Um, the, the, <laughs> now, OK, now I'm listening to you closely and I hear what you say about maybe scheme doesn't matter as much as just doing things right. Sure. Now, all that said, Ethan, I had a conversation with Ethan Piper, you know, yeah. former Love offensive yeah. and, and he told me that your defense's alignments and shifts and whatnot was a real mental challenge every day in practice for the offensive line. How much does the uniqueness of your system play a role in its effectiveness, in your opinion? I, I think anytime you you can slow down the, the 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 front guys, anytime you can mess up targeting, anytime you can put any doubt about guys coming off the ball, double teaming your D linemen, things like that, I, I think that's an advantage, right? But offenses do the same thing. They sh they shift motion and trade. They fly motion. You know they they they. RPO game, they're they're two, they're three and four yards down the field, and so you don't know if it's run or pass, and they're still throwing the ball. You know, like they 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 do little things like that to combat it. So I think just the flexibility of the three three five and and in their targeting, and with the movement, the ability to move, it gives those offensive linemen and all week of practice, and it gives them something to be like uh, uh, they got to take extra reps, make sure that they their rules are correct. So I always equated it to. If you played in an academy, you know, the, yeah. the triple option, something you don't see all the time. It really, it really, really makes you take extra time to say, like, okay, we got to figure this out because they'll roll you up real quick. So, okay. Yeah. As we continue our conversation with the Nebraska defensive coordinator, Tony White, uh, spring practice coach, uh, less than a month away, uh, we got a glimpse of, of one of your uh, up and coming young players on Sunday at Pinnacle Bank Arena, Jeremiah <laughs> Charles. Oh, JC, yeah. I gotta ask you, uh, A, did you think he had those kind of dunks in him? And you know, you see the weight he's added, obviously the track numbers and the way he's done. I mean, is he a guy that that could make a push this spring? One hundred percent. I mean, that's that that in Jeremiah is a, a great example of what Nebraska, what development, what evaluation is about. You know, you got this this athlete. He is an elite caliber athlete, and and you bring him in here. And then, you know, he's an offensive guy. He's, is he offense? Is he defense? You know, let's let's figure it out. So he starts on one side of the ball. Then Coach Rule and Coach Coop say, hey, let's put him on the other side of the ball. Now he's on, over there. And you you start to see him in practice. You start to see him grow. You start to see him understand, like, oh, this is how you do things, you know. And then he goes to track and he's he's honing his skills there. And then I had never seen I had never seen that. I didn't know he was he was like that. 
you know, I, I get people can dunk, but I didn't know he was like under the legs and tomahawking like that. You know what I mean? Like that's, I got a whole new respect for him. So now when, when we play man to man coverage, he got no excuse now, now that I've seen that stuff, but uh, he's, he's a great example of, of what this program is about, you know, giving a guy who has elite traits athletically and finding a spot for him and letting him develop into hopefully one of the, one of the better DBs uh, that's playing football. So he's an untested player, but you yep. have a lot of tested players coming back and some that didn't have to come back. Ty Robinson, Bullock, Gifford come to mind. What did it mean to you to have those guys back? And what does it mean to the defense, Tony? Oh, I mean, that's that's the leadership part, right? That's the jump you want to make in terms of now they understand the expectations. They understand what what it is, what it is and how we do things. So now instead of starting from zero going into spring, you might be starting at two or three, step two or three, and then yeah. continuing on from there, you know. But uh, again, the playmaking, the playmaking and the uh, the um, the knowledge is one thing, but the attitude is the most important. The leadership is is more important where those guys have been there. They've been in the fire. They understand what success is and, and could be, and they understand where we fell short. And so you think that with the right frame of mind coming back, being bigger, faster, stronger, more knowledgeable, um, and then us seeing how guys attacked us and everything uh, with a great offseason, I think that propels you into being able to uh, to have a head start into into playing some good football, you know, coming up here in the spring. Tony, you came into this interview kind of surly yeah, <laughs> because, yeah. of, because of the third down thing, which is nice. You guys, you guys are calming me down right now. I'm, I'm in a good place right now. <laughs> you were, Well, this will help. You were 11th. I mean, you had an 11th-ranked defense in the country. We, so how we, – how do you keep your guys hungry like you? I mean, you're obviously very hungry. How do you keep your guys hungry? Uh, you go to mat drills. You know, that's that's the thing that coach, again, great coaches. They're they're doing they're doing things all the time. They they have a pulse of the team, you know. And so, um, I think Coach Rule being able to being able to 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 feel where we where we need to be kicked in the butt and be patted on the back. And then that message being echoed throughout the team, you know, and, and the first unit meeting, again, th this is the time for it, right? What we do now is going to translate in the fall. So um, the the very first unit meeting and the very first team meetings with coach and the, the unit first unit meetings that we had as a defense, that was the message like, hey, last year's unit was 11th in the country. Okay, yeah. last year's unit did that stuff. The guys sitting in this room every year, every rep, when it when it's a new team and guys leave, like that team hasn't done it. That team hasn't done anything. I mean, they, we, we haven't done anything. I haven't made one call yet. I haven't, we have not done anything period. So I think the young man feel that. So between the, the, the weights and the running and the mat drills that coach is getting after him with, and then all the little extra stuff that they're doing, the, the, the players feel it. They know, like if we're over here slipping and, and, and trying to, trying to, trying to pat ourselves on the butt for what happened last year, they'll act the same way. But uh, I think that's where that's where great coaches step in, like Coach Rule, and and he lays down the law, and and we go from there. Hey, Coach, as we wrap it up, I want to ask you about the new signing day legislation that's being talked about, about possibly mm -hmm. having a late June signing day mm -hmm. and an early December one and still February one. What is your just feel on that? I mean, you've been around the block with all the different signing days. Do you think the June one's necessary or do you think an early December one will be enough? That way you can at least still have that senior year to evaluate on guys before they sign the the, the papers. 
You know, I, I think being in the game, uh, you can find advantages and disadvantages to everything. You know what I mean? I mean, there's some guys that if you add the period there, then there's some guys that probably are not on this roster, right? Because they might have been, they might have committed and signed elsewhere, you know, and then vice versa. There might have been, there might not have been spots because maybe we would have taken a guy early and signed him early. And then, you know, he le- ended up leaving and stuff. So that's, that's really organic, you know, and, and just the times and nature of the way the game's going and, and NIL and all this kind of stuff. Like, you know, I get, I get all the changes in the legislation. The the biggest thing in recruiting is always going to come down to the relationships, right? Like whether you sign in June or whether you sign later on, you can, you, you're going to be able to to find advantages and disadvantages. The biggest thing is you got to, you got to believe in your process. You got to believe in your evaluations and you got to trust the relationships that you build. And whether, well, no matter if they have five signing days or one signing day, you, you get the players that you really want. So. Tony, Tony, one more from me. Okay, one more. One more. One more. Don't it better not be about third downs, please. <laughs> no, please. it's not. What okay. did it mean to you to have your entire staff of assistants back, your full-time guys back, that that core unit? How much and how helpful is that? Same same as the players. I mean, and it's crazy because, you know, everybody sees what what happens after the fact, you know, a coach lead, but but people don't hear about all the text messages and calls in between then where it's like, Hey coach, so-and-so called me, reached out. They want to sign me to a three-year deal. Hey coach, so-and-so just hit me up on, they tried to FaceTime me. There, there's so much of that going on behind the scenes that, that people don't understand. And to be able to sit in the, I said this last year that that, be able to sit in a room with, with T Knight, Rob and Coop and our, our auxiliary staff, Kevin McGarry and, and, and Bringell and Potenza and Shevin Smith, like, like that's a really good group of coaches and I'm talking about on the grass, off the grass, we find a, a, a good balance of having fun and, and fellowshipping and, and really being about each other, but also being able to roll our sleeves up and saying, Hey, this, this crap ain't good enough. Like, how do we do this? How do we do this? How do we do this? So being, having the players come back because they believe in the culture and all stuff is just as equally as important as having those coaches back. So that way we can take that, that three point jump. Thank you, Tony. Coach White, we appreciate your time. And I can tell you there's a lot of happy Husker fans. You're back in Lincoln. Uh, there, I know there were a lot of nervous Husker fans here in the month of January and December as your name came up. And uh, a lot of people are excited to see you back here on the sidelines for another season. I'm grateful. I I don't know why. So I got a I got a wrong number from a solar company in in California, and everybody thinks I'm going somewhere else. That's crazy. <laughs> I love Nebraska. I'm lucky to be here. So let's roll. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us okay all right thanks again thank you to tony. nebraska defensive coordinator tony white for joining us on husker on the line headlines that's a future head coach right there Woo, and he's hungry and you got some hunger sean you got a big taste of hunger right there does that make sense a big taste of yeah it's february you, 29th yeah. yeah and you would think it's september 29th god yeah he came on not in a great mood but he was he was professional but he was they had just been looking at third down tape 
So I'd have to look what Nebraska was on third down. I don't know. They, they couldn't have been that bad because they were 11th nationally. But I um, th that was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people don't realize they're not just up there this time of year hanging out. <laughs> you know, it's – No, they're not. And, they have mat, and the mat drills are going on. So uh -huh. the coaches lead the mat drill. So mm -hmm. they're there at 5 in the morning or whatever it is when they get there. Yeah, if I were a fan and I saw this interview – with Tony White, I'd feel really good about just the hunger on that side of the ball, the the, the level of want to, because you saw that you can't fake what he was, you can't fake what you just saw. So that's going to rub off on those guys every day. They're going to have to deal with that. He said, this crap, this, this crap wasn't good enough. This crap wasn't good enough. I mean, and it wasn't always good enough. Let's face the it. The Colorado game was one. I mean, Michigan too, but the Colorado game. Well, I thought game. Wisconsin, they didn't shut it down. I mean, they could have shut that game down. They didn't. So he's right. They didn't. It and At times, it wasn't good enough, but it was 11th in the country, and it was much better than we've seen at Nebraska in a while. And some of this, I mean, I'll say this about Big Ten defenses as a whole. Their national rankings are inflated because of the style of offense played in this league. No doubt. I mean, Teams grind no out possessions. There's yeah. less plays. There's less yards. There's less points. So naturally, you're going to have defenses all ranked higher in this league. For and sure. For sure. I would counter that. And you're right. No, you're 100% right. But I would counter that with what you, you've you watched football for a long time. I've watched football for a long time. You saw a defense that did what? Tackled really well. We well, right? yeah, have the tackles for loss. The number of missed tackles on Pro Football Focus. If you pull those metrics down Mar markedly better Rem i mean in from year over year especially obviously yeah i mean they it, were what 110 100th mm -hmm. in total defense the year before right yeah they were they're they're in the dregs so it wasn't perfect i mean I'm, I'm thinking about a missed tackle right now they had late in the iowa game when that running back got loose right late remember that late in the iowa game had a couple guys miss near the line of scrimmage but by and large, as you watched last season, oftentimes we'd remark in the press box, "Wow, they're flying to the ball." Sean, I'd be, I'd say, Sean, they're getting, they're getting guys to the ball every play, multiple, and that's. But there's things they can do better. It's a different style of game, though. Like you know, when Frost was here, and the Big Ten was a little bit more offensive driven. You had guys like Brom and other coaches. There'd be maybe 20 more plays run a game, a little more spread out, right? And spread out. Or now there's so many just big situational moments like you mentioned like mordecai on third and eight or third and nine running like just like there's three or four of those moments that right. that keep tony white up at night because right third downs when you when you night. only play let's just say a 60 snap game those are the three or four moments that win the game the third down conversation is fascinating to me because you sit with me next to a neck in the press box and i i catch myself doing it all the time in the first quarter i'll be like this third down's huge every third down's huge so he's he comes at he comes at us with that today it was fascinating to me that i've been looking at third down i'm not in a good mood great interview though that was a great interview yeah i mean i he, he and you're right sean he has the it factor it was interesting he hasn't always thought of being a head coach he's thinking about it more now and you can tell he's thinking about it more now because rule has obviously imparted to him that he can do it, and he's like a spokesman for it. You know, I mean, it's a great reflection on a rule. If the guy that you brought in becomes a head coach at UCLA or somewhere, great point. I mean, yeah. it looks like God. This guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Because because remember, there was no prior connect, not uh, not a big prior connection 
between Rule and Tony White. I think he had to go back a ways. It wasn't, you know, he wasn't part they, of the Carolina. They, they were two ships passing the night at UCLA, basically. That's it. Thank you, Sean. That's exactly right. I mean, so, they were there, but they weren't really, right. you know. Right. They had a, they at least had a, a connection point. Yeah. But it wasn't like they had an extensive working relationship. No, and he brought him in, and it worked out. But it can get better. And from that interview, I get the sense that it will be better. They have the ingredients. They have they have so much returning talent on all three levels, really. I mean, so we'll see what happens. And he's now one of the highest paid assistant coaches in the Big Ten. Um, you know, the numbers aren't updated yet on USA Today when they do that, but I believe he'd be in the top three. He should be. The other the other part that was interesting to me, and I never knew how to I never knew how to work this out in my mind. That is the question I asked him about what Ethan Piper said. The Ethan Piper said it was a big challenge for the offensive line every day going against that sort of unique system that Tony runs. And he didn't shoot down that it's in a bit of an advantage. You know, it's it still comes, it's always going to come down to tackling and getting off blocks, but it does give them a bit of an advantage. And that's big. That's big. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's take it to headline number three. And, you know, we, we kind of talked on this, I think, last week briefly. Um, but the college football playoff and, and just the changes to the game, we know for the next um, two years, 24 and 25, it will be at 12 teams. And there will be five at-large bids, four to the, to the highest conference champions. But in 26 and beyond, there's a lot of changes in play to make the playoff now 14 teams. and the big talking point right now is automatic bids. And the proposal that's being tossed out there is the SEC and the Big Ten would each get three. So six of the 14 guaranteed. The Big 12 would get two. The ACC would get two. And then the entire group of five would get one. Mm -hmm. um, and then there would be three at-large bids. But that, that leads me to a few thoughts on that. Notre Dame is one okay. because if they're not a part of the ACC or a conference and they're nine and three, okay. they're going to get one of those three, right? Yeah. I mean, on a 14-team playoff. Mm -hmm. Now, if they're in, we're talking a 14-team playoff, they're not. So okay. really, there'll be two more and two more, two more at-large bids okay. or um, at-large after the automatics. And so the SEC and the Big Ten would kind of fight for those two and I think the thought is, why have so many um, at-large bids that that go right to the conferences? Or I'm sorry, automatic bids like that are automatic to a league. Why not just have one per conference and then the rest be an at-large deal where you, you you get in based on the rankings? And you know, I, I think there's arguments. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because it takes out the subjectivity. I kind of like the model where there's. You have three automatic. I mean, you got to. We're talking about automatic bids, okay? And the Big Twelve would get two, and the ACC would two would get two. Right, SEC three, Big Big Ten three. I like it because it takes out the subjectivity. 
you, you get these are automatic bids. It there's no it takes out the college football committee screwing it up. It takes out the the human factor. Now they were there would still be a human factor though to decide the three teams or the two teams, like from a conference. Like you know the champion's going to get one of the three bids, but the second and the third bid. You know, what if there's a mash of nine and three teams? Yeah. Oh, you're talking about ties. Yeah. yeah like how, how, well, Good the point. playoff committee would have to rank those and decide those elements. But Good point. Notre Dame, if they, they stay on track, they're going to get one of those three bids almost every year. Yeah. I mean, and it's almost this model also to me is set up now where Notre Dame doesn't really have to join a conference. I mean, they, they know they have a clean path in to the playoff in this system if they go this way, um, but they still won't get a buy. We know that unless that changes. We don't know what a 14-team bracket's going to look like. No, we don't. And we're talking so people understand this is not. This, 2026. Yeah, 2026. This is all gets, I think it gets confusing for a college football fan sometimes. Like, what are these guys talking about? I thought there was a 12-team playoff with, with seven automatic but if bid. you're 10 and 2 you're in the playoffs or is it five automatic bids by the way in the 12 team it's five automatic anyway no you're right um five plus seven yeah five plus point. seven um and now it'd be a 12 plus two or, or i'm sorry 11 plus one three 11 plus three <laughs> okay, okay 11 plus three um but i i do i mean i guess if you're a fan of just college football because what would happen if the big 12 only got one bid guaranteed and the acc would only get one you know, they would almost get treated like a group of five type deal. There was a where they're like you would look at the recruiting rankings. You're like, well, these teams in the Big Twelve and the ACC don't recruit like the ACC, the Big Ten, and the SEC. Right. So automatically, they they use this term eyeball test. To me, it's basically the recruiting rankings test. Okay. The teams that don't recruit like Alabama and Georgia get dinged on the eyeball test. And you know, like Kansas State had that great team with Colin Klein, where you know they could have won the national title. They didn't have any five stars. They didn't have the quote eyeball test. They were just mm -hmm. a good team. Yeah. Um. So I, I think some of that, you know, would would keep the Big Twelve more relevant. It would keep the ACC yeah. more relevant to at least say, hey, two teams are going to go. That's pretty good. I agree with you one hundred percent on that. It goes along with this paragraph. This paragraph. I don't know what, what people think when they read paragraphs like this. It goes along with what you're saying. The, this is in Ross Dellinger's story on Yahoo Sports. The 3-3-2-2-1 three, three, two, two, format is what we're talking about. It is a move toward another trend in college athletics, unequal treatment among its members. <laughs> I mean, remember, remember we grew up, it was always, we got to figure out ways to level the playing field. It's sort of reversed now. It's like there's a move towards another trend in college athletics unequal treatment among its members it doesn't sound healthy but it's realistic it's realistic the sec and the big 10 is what's what's driving that sort of conversation they're calling right? the shots yeah yeah and if they don't like this it's not going to happen right now i don't know how i feel i mean i know this if you're a husker fan you count your blessings because you're in with the big boys thank your thank your lucky stars that you're in a in the right league and that you are a very well-heeled university athletic department. Um, I wouldn't want to be sitting outside it. I, you know, though, if the big 12 gets two, that helps like Kansas state and Chris Kleiman, you feel like, pretty good about he, it, right? He likes it. You know, like, Hey, we can get Lance Leipold likes it. 
like I can did you see his contract by the way yeah he got seven mil yeah so that tells you obviously michigan state was in play for him it was a lot in play for him that's it tells you a lot not just michigan state. alabama yeah it tells you a lot was in play for him um so he's yeah. not leaving there now anytime probably soon. not they're, they're building a you know they're expanding their football stadium too to the tune of 300 million at Kansas, and it's going to be you know with amenities, restaurants, and all that because he could get them to a playoff in this expanded field. Yeah, like he can get them there. I mean, it's so twenty twenty six. This this came out yesterday. There's leaks. College football. You just wonder if the college football management committee intentionally leaks this eighties to see what what the pop you know what fans say about it. Okay, so if you're Florida State, though, and they've kind of made it known they want more money and they want to leave the ACC, but if you know the ACC is going to get two guaranteed bids, does that make you think twice? Or do you want a piece of that Big Ten check? I don't think it makes them think twice. They want that Big Ten check, don't yeah, they? they and, it, no, well, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't solve all their money issues. I, I still believe if they go anywhere, the Big Ten is more likely than the SEC because I don't think the SEC wants them. And the only way they would is if ESPN kind of forced it because ESPN controls the ACC and the SEC mm-hmm. and Florida state's a big inventory block in there. Mm-hmm. And you're going to just let Florida state go to Fox and CBS and NBC. That's, a, that's a huge hit to ESPN. So nice for the big 10 to be in Florida. I would think under this, under the way the world's going now, Yeah, know? Florida state, North Carolina, you know, you hear a rumbling. I, I don't. I don't know if this is true. There's people that think that Texas A&M is unhappy in the new Big Ten or SEC because of Texas and Oklahoma joining there, and they're mm-hmm. kind of back to being third fiddle. Yeah, it would be unwise to shoot down anything right now. And, I would think. I mean, you know, like the Big Ten could try to court a and I, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I, I wouldn't rule it out. But you know, what would they? What if, what if, what of this scenario? You get Florida State, you get North Carolina, you get A and M, you get Notre Dame. Game over. Yeah, it'd be game over, and it's realistic. I mean, if you don't think it's realistic, you're not paying attention of, for instance, Cal and Stanford going to the ACC. I mean, it doesn't – I mean, the conference the conference, the conference, conference setup, the way we grew up, is out. I mean, you can't – it's not the big eight anymore. The conference setup now is about a check from ESPN. Thank you. Or Fox. Not, yeah. Now, SEC has stayed regional. It's why I tout the SEC continually as the way it should be. The eight, the SEC remains the way it should be. They are regional. Because they have fans. Yeah, and they're regional. And it's in the right part of the country. It's where football is the biggest. And the Sun Belt's regional still, too. Yeah, that's true. The, is, the, it, is it? Oh, is yeah. It, is it? The it's joke, tough. I mean, the Sun Belt's a bus league. I mean, the team's bus. Really? I'd have to look at that. Yeah, I mean, well, they're all right there. See, people, a lot of people anymore don't even know about, they don't even pay attention to the Sun Belt anymore or, or those little conferences. It's college football is, like I said, I read that paragraph. It's almost it's almost becoming a trend to have unequality in college well, football. Well, and Feinbaum brought up a great point. Why even give the group of five a playoff spot? Like, what, 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 why oh, is, did Feinbaum say that? He says, why is it needed? I mean, we're going to see more games like Oregon versus Liberty. Like, because the UCF Scott Frost team, the Houston teams that were good, well, guess where those teams are now? They're in power conferences. So the group of five would play for its own championship. Yeah, you could. Yeah. I mean, well, wouldn't you have to? They have to play for something. You could do like a group of five final four. How would you feel? I mean, I guarantee 
I don't. I'm a traditionalist. When Feinbaum says stuff like that, it rubs me wrong. But if you get beat, that's 40, not the college football I want, Sean. That's not. You want to see Oregon beat Liberty like forty-five to seven? You know, I would hope that that team, whoever it is, the the Liberty, is a little better than that. It's you know? it's. I mean, power of football. Power. I call it power four now. They they've just power four. Yes, they've just destroyed group of five football because they've taken UCF. They took BYU. They, they they took Houston. I mean, all the good teams, Cincinnati, um, playoff team, Cincinnati, UCF was an undefeated team. They're all in power conferences now. So what's left? Tulane? Well, Willie Fritz left Tulane. Boise State is not the Boise State we, we knew of. It's not right now. It's before. not. No. You know, there, there's some potential with some of those group of five teams like San Diego State, Wyoming, Colorado. But again, I think they've they've their their good teams are out now i mean mm -hmm. memphis is still a group of five it's harder for them but it's harder you're, you're right i mean there's it just and then the, as these revenue checks get bigger and bigger for the power conferences i mean they're not going to compete boy i don't yeah i don't i wonder what people think sometimes or if they even think about it i think about it a lot it's not i'm just gonna i'm not gonna Lies, Sean. I thought college football was a lot cooler in 1989. Okay. Group of five is more like FCS football, I guess. And and then FCS is more like a Division two. I mean, or a higher. I mean, there's some good like there's teams like South Dakota State. They could play group of five, but they don't want to. Why? I mean, they could win a national championship at their level. At their level, they could go to a bowl game in Boise if they go up. Why? Why would they want that? You know, they they, they can win a playoff in, in a championship or go win the Potato Bowl. Right. So, uh, to, so to be clear to our listeners, our watchers, the, the college football playoff is set for the next two years. We're, what we're talking about is 2026 and on when there's a new TV contract is, is why we even talk about it. That, that'll, there'll be a new contract in place. And they have to fit it to that. Something will tell me, though. I, I don't know if the SEC and the Big Ten are going to go for this. Mm. I think they want to have the flexibility to have more than four teams in. Or, or in this case, more than three. More than three guaranteed with those at-larges. I mean, I, I think they want more at-larges in the okay. pool. Because there could be a year. When you put Texas and Oklahoma in there with already what they have. And, and where the, they would, You're saying there could be years where the Big Ten and the SEC deserve more than three. For teams. sure. Well, they're going to get four. Now, 14, they're going to get four. But there might be years they, they both deserve five. So you're saying three plus an at-large. Yeah. Three plus. This is confusing to people. <laughs> I think it's very confusing. Well, there's three free. There's three that are up for grabs. Automatic. And Notre Dame's going to get one, more than likely. So then there's two left that the SEC and the Big Ten will fight over. Okay. And the SEC is going to say we want both of them. The Big Ten's going to say we want one. I mean, it, that will get ugly every year if it happens. All right. Let's take it to headline number four. Um, another off season here in Lincoln, and we get an all access look of oh. Nebraska football. I've gotten through about half of this first one, mm -hmm. and as you would expect, really well done. Mm -hmm. um, you know, chronicling the Nash Hutmacher move to wrestling, and and, and just some of the things over this off season. Ty Robinson talking about why he came back. Right, um, this is keeping in line. So we're talking about social media video, Twitter videos. I'm giving you a look inside Nebraska's program. Well, it's a 45 minute show. Okay, and it doesn't it. It keeps what what is largely defined the Matt Rule era so far, in your opinion? In my opinion, I would say transparency. He's very transparent. He's available a lot. Um, 
he wants you to see inside this program. Now, transparency is good. Also, what's good? Controlling, controlling the message. This is a good way to control the message, right? He's showing what he wants you to show. The rule had to approve this, right? Probably the AD had to approve it. They're showing what, what they want you to see. But they're showing you things that are real. And rule watches every minute, minute of this before it goes. 100. You know, just to make sure. And I'm sure compliance and other people have to watch it over. But I do think it's cool. Like, they're showing these – when the recruits come, they always kind of do this huge all-staff greet when they walk in the facility. Um, and they, those clips are cool. I mean, just yeah. the amount of, you know, camera work and archiving, it, it's a lot. I mean, I know. some of the video we just watched was from June. It's quite a production. This is quite a production. Jordan it, um, Jordan does a really good job, Littler. Jordan. Um, you know, he puts these together, and he's a student, I believe, still. So, again, it gives you – this is very appealing. It shows you a very appealing aspects of the program. Football is not always appealing. Football is uncomfortable a lot of the time. But this shows you a level of comfort that's very appealing. Where, we saw Tony White, by the way, today in our – it was very real. Very real footage of him pulling up to his desk, sort of angry, right? You know, previous coaches like Frost or Polini, like it, it was just yeah, kind of like wasn't going to happen. I mean, it was a closed deal. Like it just not just Frost and Polini, Frank, all of, them, all of them, right? I mean, Nebraska. You don't have to agree with this. I've always felt it was pretty closed off. Riley was pretty open, yes, because he kind of let that social media team do what they wanted i mean riley was an exception like i mean you, you saw you know guys like kelly Mosier and that crew they had pretty good access to bring stuff back then i don't yeah no, no, and i'm not being necessarily critical of nebraska but it's always been its style to be a little more buttoned down now that was no no sean tom osborne worked in an era where there was you didn't even you couldn't have done this because there was no social media you know in the 80s you, you couldn't have done this if you wanted to do well it. like any t would do like you know, like a day in the life of Nebraska football. Like it, it, it would take months to put it together, you know, like, yeah, the, you remember like the specials they would do yeah. like that. I mean, that's what you had back then. Right. But there wasn't as widespread access to it now. Now, now there's just anybody can access this. So it's interesting. It's and it, but it, but the bottom line to me is it's kind of keeping with rules style of transparency, or maybe you would call it selected transparency. Um, you don't want to show everything, but you're showing a lot, and it gives the fans a, a really nice window into the program. And the facilities. Look at the facilities. I mean, right look at there. that. Just thing. look at that, Sean. Are they on a spaceship, or is that a locker? I mean, it's <laughs> unbelievable. It does kind of look like a spaceship. It's like, are they up in the... They, nice. I mean, it's... it's beautiful. That don't, yeah, your, your Omaha gross locker room didn't look like that. No. At all, right? Neither uh, did Columbus High. No, not quite. Not quite like that. Not quite like that. we had see through like the the metal lockers, or like the yeah. like the mesh. Oh, the mesh. So did we. Yeah. And yeah. guys would take their towel and like you'd put a corner in the corner, yeah. you pull it through the mesh. Yep. That's how you dried your towel. That's how you dry. I don't think they're doing that over there right now. Yeah. The amount of bacteria in those locker rooms. Oh. I don't even know how we made it. We're here, though. We're here. We made it. But uh, um, let's take it. Final headline of the show. I want to talk basketball. OK. And, you know, we got a huge game tonight. Nebraska at Ohio State, 530. But what a great schedule to close out with. Um, the final three games for Nebraska are the against the 12th, 13th, and 14th teams in the Big Ten Conference right now. They, they will play Ohio State, who's 13, Michigan, who's 14, and Rutgers on Sunday, who's 12. 
Um, so they've got a, a runway to really make some noise. And I, I think we both feel that two and one should happen. It should. Three and oh, very possible. Very, it's a two and a half point spread underdogs at Ohio State. So it's a toss up game. But we're really getting to a point where this team is going to be in some conversations about where they rank historically at Nebraska, which I don't think back in October, November, you would have thought that. No way. I, no way. I, no, it's they've rounded into form really nicely here. Um, and now you're looking at a team that would have to, first of all, play its way out of the NCAA They'd have to lose all three of these games. Yeah, they'd have to play their way out in a startling way at this point. Like, it would really be like, what? Because they, what I keep telling people, Sean, is just trust your eyes with them. Don't overthink this. They're they're playing really well, and they're good. They have a good team. It's not star-studded, but it's pretty good. Four guys averaging um, four starters averaging double digits. Yeah, no, no first round NBA guys or anything like that. But in Nebraska's had that before. Um, they don't have that, but they are absolutely now. In, I mean, I kind of look at it right now. And, and again, we're having this conversation Thursday morning, um, prior to the Ohio State road game. But I'm starting to think of them as like the best Nebraska team in 30 years. 94. Yeah, going back to 94. that was a six seed. Yeah, okay. And, and 91 was a three seed. Okay. Um, yeah, I can't put them ahead of the 91-92 team. It was a three seed. Yeah, I mean, was, they they just had a bad day against Xavier, but you know they were a three seed. Three seed. But anyway, so this team, don't overthink it. If you're just looking at the individual games after Ohio State, Rutgers is on Sunday at 530. Here's what I would say about that game, Sean. I'm serious about this. Let's see if Rutgers can get to 50 points. Nebraska could win that game by 20. Let's see if Rutgers gets to 50. Because they should have beat Rutgers in Rutgers. Yeah, you're gonna you could say that's crazy talk. No, Minnesota got 55 on Nebraska. No, Minnesota had 55 last night, Wednesday night, against Illinois. They had 57, I think, with 16 minutes to go in the game. Ended up scoring in the 90s against Illinois, a game after Nebraska held them to 55. We probably don't talk enough about Nebraska's defense. They are they are they are really good defensively, and that's something I think they've been pretty much all year. But it's it's I think it's built to a higher a higher level of late. Well, think what they've done the last two years to Purdue. Right. I mean, they should have beat Purdue the the year before. They got called on that bogus foul that would have won them in the game. Yeah, yeah, they got screwed. But yeah, there. This is a good defensive team that has sharp shooters. It's a good defensive team that is can be lethal offensively. They they put he did. I say it all the time. Fred did a great job of putting shooters around Casey. Casey still gets a lot of defensive attention, but he'd be getting more if Bryce Williams weren't there, if Frank Mast weren't there, if CJ Wiltshire wasn't there. If who am I missing? Jawan Gary had twenty two points last game. Um, this is a this is a strong offense. I love the rotation though because they kind of go big early. Mm -hmm. Then they bring in this new line of guys where you've got Lawrence, Lawrence who can score, Wilcher who can score, yeah, and then you bring in Hoiberg who is just an unbelievable defender. And I mean, nobody gets that arena more jacked up than Sam Hoiberg. Yeah, Sam Hoiberg's become more than just a novelty. I mean, he's he's real. He's a he's a pain. For teams and not just defensively he's not you know he's not scoring a lot but he's a threat offensively you, you have to acknowledge him and yeah he's a dynamo and he's 
what I notice about him all the time is he jumps passing lanes because I bet he's about as well prepared a player as there is in America. I bet I bet you could say that. His dad, I've talked to coaches who know his dad, and now they say his Fred's offensive acumen and his readiness as an offensive coach is is through the roof good. And I bet you Sam, I mean, he kind of inherited that trait. Yeah, he's a gym rat. I mean, gym rat, but smart. I mean, you were a gym rat, and you weren't that smart. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't that gifted. <laughs> I wasn't that gifted. I mean, Sam Hoiberg, I bet runs like a four five forty, and it, okay. I bet he has a thirty seven inch vertical. Yeah, he's explosive. Like, explosive. Like, you know, I I go to a lot of Lincoln Pius games. Um, you know, I watched him play, and you, you could see it back then. I mean, you know, he just projected so well. He's and explosive. Once he got in that weight room at Nebraska and, and nutrition. Um, you know, I was at I was at the Pius Central game, the district finals, and Josiah Alec and Sam Hoiberg rolled in there. And I mean, they, you should have seen all that. I mean, they were they were celebrities rolling in that gym just with oh, wearing Nebraska basketball. God, it's nice. It's a nice thing that we're that it's, this conversation is not contrived. So often over the years with Nebraska basketball, you had to kind of feign this excitement that really was. Will they there. get an NIT home game? Thank you. Are we going to get a NIT? I mean, that, that's what we'd be having right, right. now. Like we have to act like we give a damn. I mean, come on. Are they going to get a play Butler at home in the right. NIT? Right. Right. Come on. This is real. I mean, what's going on right now is real. It's They're amazing, people. Sip, that they got 12,000 at an NIT game. Right. That's what we'd be talking about. And we, you know, and you let's kinda, not jinx it yet, though. No, I, well, I don't believe in jinxes, number one. And number two, again, I go back to what I say. Just you're watching them beat Big Ten teams handily night in and night out now. Even on the road, they beat Indiana by 15, right? Um, they Now, tonight, we'll, and again, we're taping right now. Tonight will be tough against Ohio State. I think they can win. They're not going to be surprised, though. No. I think Ohio State, like, the surprise on them oh. is over now. They beat Purdue and they beat Michigan State. You're going to be ready for them. You're not going to be like, oh, they fired Holtman. These guys have one foot out the door. Nope, they're they're nope. all transferring. Nope, they don't have one foot out the door. You're right. You're not going to be surprised by these. Like Now, Michigan, on the last Sunday of the season, that could be a situation where they could go in Ann Arbor, and there might be 3,000 Nebraska it's fans. It's an 11 a.m. tip-off. In Ann Arbor. Yeah, it's an 11 a.m. tip-off. On the worst Arbor. season of Michigan basketball that maybe they've ever had. Yeah, it I has mean, to be close. It can't be much worse than what they no, are right now. It has to be close. That's a tough game because of – I mean, I, I think some people would say, no, it's not tough. There's not going to be anybody in the gym. Those games can be tough when there's nobody in the gym. There'll be Nebraska fans in that area that will get up there. I wonder, you know, Purdue played there recently and took over that gym in Ann Arbor. The Purdue fans basically took it over. I wonder if Nebraska fans will do that. I just don't know if there's enough in the area. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, there's. it's a jaunt up there. Some people will, will go, obviously. but Because yeah, a lot of people, might if they get the double buy – I mean, going to Minneapolis is kind of attractive at that point. Oh, there'll be a lot of people up there from Nebraska. Knowing that, hey, they're going to play Friday. Yeah. Let's go Let's go up to the Twin Cities. Maybe they'll play Saturday. Maybe they won't. Yeah. But we'll go up to the Twin Cities and enjoy it. Oh, yeah. It'll be hot. It'll be hot because Nebraska fans will make it. Oh, it'll, it'll be fun. I'm, I'm sending not, you up there, by the way. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean. Sipple is on the bandwagon. I'm not on the bandwagon. He's, I just, I've always said this to people. You can't act First of all, when they're good, it drives traffic. So, yeah, we're going to cover it more. That's the way it works. I mean, if a team's good, it drives traffic. We run a business here, right. not a charity. Right. You you escalate coverage. When like our got, softball plan had a change when Jordy Ball got hurt. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the interest 
is still there. To, I mean, people follow it, but not to the level it was going to be with Jordy Bowl. Right. And in, in so Fred's first three years, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't going to commit a bunch of energy to a program that was scuffling at that level. Um, now it's better. People are, are more interested. Yeah, of course we're going to write. Yeah, nobody that. wants to read a bunch of Steve Sippel obituary comment columns about how bad the season's going. Right, and questioning the – yeah, no. It so, just gets ugly at that, you know. Right, it's not fun. It's not fun for me. Um, so this is this is much preferable, and it's much prefer preferable to a lot of fans, which those fans drive traffic, you know. They want to read it. All right, well, Sunday, they're back home, 530 530. It's going to be about 75 degrees Sunday. Okay, think about the last Sunday. It was the same thing. Minnesota game was 530, and that place was loud. Oh, God, yeah. It was loud. Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota got rattled. Again, finished with 55 points. And I there were possessions where it was loud, and I watched them. And I thought, yeah, they looked rattled on that possession. And people will get down here early. By 2 or 3 o'clock, it'll be rolling down here. Like, they'll be rolling. The, the rail yard. Rolling. They need to get more than one beer window open outside, though. Yeah. Um, because there's going to be a lot of people outside for this one. One more. You're right. It won't be no sit Sunday level. No, that would hard. They'd be hard to achieve that. But it will still be. It's Rutgers. Kind okay. of a tip your hat to this season type Sunday. I want to see if Rutgers can get to 50. That's what I want to see. I mean, they're walking in to a bus. I mean, it's going to. I mean, that play. I mean, and the beer sales now in the last two years. I mean, it's going to be juiced in that arena. If I was Fred, I think I would challenge my guys. Don't let them get to 50. Don't let them get to 50. Oh, and if there's blood in the water, PBA will just take that place wow. over. Yeah. And you hope the referees kind of make a couple suspect calls early because that, that gets the, that actually gets the place going. I mean, the boozer. Man. I've heard Nick boss say this once he goes, Nebraska fans like overreact to basketball refs. Like, nowhere i've ever seen before <laughs> just on like little tic tacky stuff and there's no doubt about he's, that. i mean i you got to trust nick, nick nick's played a lot right. of places he's been around the country right. he's like the way like pba or devaney gets on refs like oh it's lusty i mean boost. you would think like they threw the game sometimes <laughs> it, it's just like a oh, it's hardcore booing hardcore booing i mean yeah. there's been people at courtside seats that have been ejected like <laughs> I, there was a guy Friends that, of yours. Not, well, not no, but I've known I've known who some of the people were. Yeah. Like one guy made a comment to Baylor Shireman, and he got this year. He got Ooh. he got really? removed from the seats. Got removed. And I don't even know what he said, but they said something to the referee, and then they they said get him out of here. It's a hot ticket too. It's gonna get it's, it'll be hot ticket on Sunday. It'll, you'll have to pay a lot to sit in that lower bowl over a hundred. Over a hundred. Yeah. I mean, I'm not selling. And everyone, we have our, our four as a family, and pe people come out of the woodwork. Do you, do you have tickets? Do you know anyone that has? I mean, people want to come. Yeah, this season, we're, I mean, it's been interesting, and it's going to get more interesting because they are capable of a lot. But they're a scary team, Sean. And I love the fact in an NCAA tournament, they're going to play a new a new team. Yeah. Like somebody that's never played Tomonaga. Right. Like Purdue and these teams have played Tomonaga three, you know, four or five times, six mm -hmm. times. And some, you know. It's, See, we're, the reason we're doing this, having this discussion to me is – it, part of it is, I used to say if Nebraska's not making threes, they're not they're not going to be much of a threat. They are a threat now when they're not making threes because they're really playing defense, and they they can they can shut a team down. So they they are scary, and they won't they won't have many bad shooting nights because they're good shooters. They'll have you've noticed they've had at times two guys, two prominent guys, not shoot the ball well, and they're usually okay. 
because they have enough guys to make up for. They have six people that can score. Yeah, I mean, shooters. And Alec, I'm not counting Alec as a scorer. I think he's more no. of a role player. I mean, but I feel like there's at least six guys that can put up double digits on this team, mm-hmm. and then there's two role pieces, Alec and Hoiberg. Yeah, that's good. It's good analysis. I mean, Alec and and Hoiberg are the floor burn guys. They yeah. do all the dirty work. Mm-hmm. Then they got six other guys that can shoot it and score. Yeah, they're good shooters. So, all right, I'm already excited for Sunday. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be, wear a short sleeve shirt because it's gonna be warm in there. It's gonna be warm. Wear short sleeve. We have a so. swim meet. Um, then we're gonna come right over. So I'm, we're gonna get down there early. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I'll be right. there too with Rob. Well, thanks again to and Tony Carter. White and Carter, bit the big dog. Yeah, the big dog. The bullpen. Yeah, bullpen catcher. Um, thanks again to Tony White for joining us here on Husker Online Headlines. If you're not wow. a member of Husker Online, we got a great deal. Just for uh, $1, you'll get two months. Use promo code NU1. Uh, that gets you two months for $1. Thanks again to Tony White or Steve Sipple. I'm Sean Callahan signing off for another edition of Husker Online Headlines.